All right, let's have a show of hands. Those of you here in person, those of you watching online, I can't see your hands, but how many of you have either read that book, had that book read to you, or have seen one of the many, or two or three films? Hey, that's a pretty good amount. All right. All of you that raise your hand, would you please come up here and join? No, just... In the jungle of Newell, Horton, this, this wonderful little elephant, he's just kind of hanging out one morning, and he discovers what he thinks. He hears something on a speck, and the speck is on a piece of a clover. Not a flower. Don't call it a flower. It's a clover. But he hears something, and he realizes it's, it's a person, ever so small. And so he begins to care for this speck that's on clover, and he cares for it, and he helps them, and he tries to make contact with them. But his friends, they think he's a little bit crazy. They're like, who are you talking to on this speck? There's no one that could be that small. But Horton, he's persistent, and he cares for those people on the speck, even though he doesn't know who they are, even though they are whose. And then he comes to find out by this conversation that we're about to see he meets with and talks with very first the mayor of Whoville. Hello. Who's there? Um, this is the mayor. The mayor? The mayor? I knew it, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. I knew there was life on this speck. <laughs> this speck? What speck? Well, um, I don't exactly know how to tell you this, but you're living on a speck. Well, I hate to disagree with you, oh voice from the drain pipe, but I live in Whoville. Well, then, Whoville's a speck. <laughs> right, okay, seriously, who is this? Is this Bert from accounting? Uh, no. <laughs> this is Horton. I'm an elephant. Okay. Horton, fake name. Where are you? Well, from where you're standing, I guess I'm in the sky. Compared to you, I'm enormous, which is saying something, because I've slimmed down quite a bit. I swim. <laughs> Your whole world fits on a flower in my world. Oh, man, this is even pushing it for you, Bert. Don't believe me? Watch what happens when I put you in the shade. This is absolutely impossible. Dark. Light. Dark. Light. Dark light, dark light, dark light, dark light, dark light. Light. Ooh. Don't you see? We're in the middle of some kind of amazing cosmic convergence. Two vastly different worlds. Miraculously crossing paths! Mind colossal! Yours minuscule, yet somehow we've managed to make contact. If you think about it, it's pretty amazing. Is everything okay down there? <sighs> I don't know. You tell me. You're the one holding the speck. I'm the one holding the speck. I guess he did call it a flower in that scene. You know, as the movie continues, Horton begins relating to the mayor, talking with him, and the mayor finally comes to believe, yes, that there may be this elephant 
somewhere above that he's talking to and that's caring for their speck. But the mayor's friends, just like Horton's, they think he's a bit crazy. They're like, there's no one up there. We can't see that person or that elephant. We can't feel that person. And most of them can't hear him because they're not at the mayor's house listening through the drain pipe. But one of the greatest lines in the movie, and I want to hear it, is a person's a person, no matter how small. For you kids in here today, I really want you to take that to heart. Hopefully you've heard that from your family. But you are so amazingly cherished by your family, and and I would say more importantly, by the God who made you. A person's a person, no matter how small. It sounds like a father loving and cherishing his children. And it reminds me of our Heavenly Father's love for us. There's a passage from Matthew that I think kind of emphasizes this entire thing. You can look on the side screens with me if you like. What is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin? I mean, really, birds in the air, a couple sparrows? But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. Think about that. Have you ever gone out and just looked at the number of birds that might be in your backyard or in your neighborhood or in this county or in this state or on this continent? Years ago, and I mean, I was like 16 or 17, I went hunting with my dad, and we went across the bridge down near Carrollton, and over on the right side, I don't even remember what side that would be, maybe the south side, he goes, look over there, and I looked over there, and there had to be, in my estimation, two million geese. (laughs) It was shocking, the number of geese that I saw at that time, and I'm thinking, today I'm thinking, not one of those geese that God doesn't know about. Really, God? And to me, a geese, a goose is pretty much a little more important than a sparrow. I mean, if you're a sparrow lover, you may not be thinking that. I mean, how many of us wear a t-shirt that says, I love sparrows? Who's got one? Nobody. Of course, I don't think any of us have, I love geese either, but hey. But listen to this next line. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Just think about that for a minute. He then goes on to say, don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. He knows the number of hairs on your head. Do you? Do you think you could count them? Kids, I tell you what, I'd like the kids to come on up either on either side Grab you a koosh ball, okay? Take your, go ahead, go ahead. Hux, coming at you. That's my grandson. Had to save him a blue one. Get you a koosh ball here. Don't smell them. It smells like a campfire. All right, here's what I would like all you children to do. Did everybody get one? There's some more over here if you didn't get one. Get your favorite color. Dads, if you really want to get one too, come on up. No, there's a few extra here. I want you to count the number of stringy things on that kush ball in the next half hour, okay? You thought school was out, but it's not out. Seriously, look at that for a minute. And if you parents are sitting there looking at one with them, 
When I told Candy I wanted her to do this, she goes, well, maybe we ought to count the number of stringy things on there. I'm like, have you ever tried to count the number of stringy things on a cush ball? Try it. It's like, well, what do you do? You fold them over, do you take 10 of them together, and then you just keep going? That's tiny compared to the number of hairs on the average human head. I would like to hear this from the kids and the students. Give me a number. Someone just yell it out. How many hairs do you think are on the average human head? I heard 12. I heard 1,000. 1 million? 2 million? 10 gazillion? Billion? I heard something in the... What was it? Pie? That's 3.14 and a whole bunch of other numbers. That's all I remember from school. Okay, here's the, here's the real number. Has anyone counted that, by the way, on the Koosh ball? The average human head has 100,000 hairs on it. And God says that he knows every one of those on your head and on every one of our heads. That's the sort of intimate detail and knowledge and care that God offers us. 100,000. Who can count to 100 in this room? If you did that, how many times? A thousand times you would be at 100,000. That's a big number, the number of hairs on your head, and yet God knows every one of them. I asked my granddaughter, they spent the night last night, Renly. We were downstairs just kind of watching a little movie, and Hux was sitting next to us as well. And I said, Renly, how many hairs do you have on your head? And she says, five. <laughs> She's a confident little girl. Huxley looks over and goes, Renly, or Ren, your hair's longer than mine, so you have to have more. I said, okay, Hux, how many hairs do you think are on her head? He said, a hundred. I said, well, how many hairs are on your head? He said, seven. You know, he's going to be five in October, she's going to be three in September. And I was just like, yeah, I like it. If God knows every single sparrow in the sky every bird, and every single hair on her head, that means there is nothing too great or too small for God to care about. And just like Horton, caring for this clover, this flower, if you will, that had a speck on it, that actually was where the Who's lived. That was Whoville. And Horton kept caring for this speck. The people mattered to him. Even though he couldn't convince his friends and certainly not his enemies, that there were people living on this, he spent a good, time, good amount of time caring for it and making sure it was safe. Now, let's see what happens when some of those so-called friends and a few of those enemies steal the speck from Horton. Man. Anybody there? Hello? Anyone? But clover by clover by clover, he found that the one that he sought for was just not around. Mayor? Hello? And by noon, poor Horton, more dead than alive, had picked, searched, and piled up 9,005. Hello? 
Sorry to bother you, nobody. Knock, knock. <laughs> this is where you'd say, who's there? <laughs> if there were any, who's there? <laughs> Get it? Who's there? <laughs> All day he looked, looked on and on until his hope was almost gone. No, 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 please, no! Oh, this isn't fair! But wait, could this one be the one? Was all his searching finally done? Ah, yes, for this was the hour. Horton had found them on the three millionth flower. Mayor! Mayor! I found you! Mare? Are you there? Mare? Mare! in this town. Is that understood? Finished! You boob. I'm just joking. <laughs> Good one. Horton? This is my wife, Sally. You exist! Oh, this means my husband isn't crazy. Hooray! And a few of my daughters, Haley, Holly, Hooli, Hilda, and Hedy. And here is Miss Yelp, my loyal assistant. Mm -hmm. And here's Dr. LaRue. You shaved us! And Bert from accounting. Mm -hmm. And Mrs. McGillicutt. And Mr. Farfugan from the Klugen Farfugans. And the old man in the bathtub. Let's not overwhelm the poor fella. He's never gonna remember all these names. Well, I'll try my best. Sally, chairman. Hallie, Hooli, Holly, Hilda, Hetty, Miss Yelp, Dr. LaRue, Bert from Accounting, Mrs. McGillicuddy, Mr. Farfugan of the Klugen Farfugans, and wasn't there an old guy in a shower? Mm, bathtub. Oh, yeah. We're all here, Horton. 
And we all believe in you. Wow, that's awesome. And it's a responsibility I do not take lightly. I promise you a future that is safe, sound, and stable. We will create a world where every who is endowed with three inalienable rights to be determined at a later date. Man, I love how Disney can actually bring something so amazingly home that is through Scripture. When, when we are lost, when we don't follow or believe or trust in God, a lot of bad can happen on our world, just like on that speck. The Who's went through a lot when Horton's friends and some enemies stole the speck. Another thing to think about is Horton because he's an elephant, and elephants apparently have great memory. I have no idea how they test that. I guess they ask them. But God knows every one of our names. And there's no chance that he's going to forget it. Kids, I don't know if you realize that God of the universe, who put the stars and the planets in the sky and created every living creature, knows your name. Let that sink in for a minute, if you haven't ever really given it a lot of thought. Like Horton, God goes to great lengths to find us. He doesn't want any one of us to remain lost. Luke 19.10, it's a very short passage. But Jesus is saying this about himself because he often referred to himself as the Son of Man. But he says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Horton didn't give up. I think they said the three millionth flower. Well, God goes beyond that. God never stops looking for you. He wants to save you. He wants to give you hope and joy and peace beyond whatever you think you could have. How many times in your life do you think God has searched for you? So often when we're lost, we don't even have a clue that God's searching for us. And he wants to find us. And he wants us, more importantly, to find him. And what's so interesting is the mayor was one of the only ones to believe initially. Even his own family said, you're crazy, we think. Husband, dad, friend. He was even opposed. And Horton did something that God does too. He didn't even hold against the enemies, what they had done to the mayor. He forgives them. So many parallels. Like Horton, God never gives up. He is always seeking and saving the lost. And as I watched the movie, I thought about this when Horton was dancing there, when he finally found him and he's dancing around. The Bible says that that is the sort of celebration that happens in heaven when someone who is lost is found. But when that elephant dances, pause it right there for a minute and ask yourself, has God danced for me? Have the angels danced for me in heaven because I have come home? Because I have been found? And if not, what's holding you back from that movement towards him? He wants to celebrate. And I also thought of this. I, I thought of somewhere in my upbringing, probably in some sort of Sunday school, 
I learned a song. And I thought of this song as I watched this movie. And the song is, he, he's got the whole world in his hands. Because the whole time through the movie, except when the speck is stolen, that's on the clover, Horton is holding the speck in his hand. At one point in the movie, Horton says this, and I, I wrote this down and I love this quote. What if there was someone way out there looking down on our world right now? What if? So for those of you that are closest to one of those globe inflatable balls, those little beach balls, go ahead and hold it. Hold it in your hands for a second. And that little 12-inch ball that was actually advertised as a 16-inch ball on Amazon. (laughs) Imagine the God of the universe actually holding the earth we live on in his hands. And not so much the object, but every single human being that he created. He cares for you. He knows your name. He knows every hair on your head. That's the God that we are trying to seek and find and serve. Could it really be true? And here's the thought that hit me. If it is true, why do we have so much trouble on this big blue speck that we live on? Why is that? Let's take a look at what Horton had to deal with as he was trying to convince his friends and a few enemies that there were people on the speck and how they treated Horton. Let's roll him! Let's take him! Stop! Hey, fellas. Good to see you all at once. You look really great as a horde. Horton, 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 look at the mess you created for yourself. All this hullabaloo over a silly little flower. It's a speck. Right. I mean, it's silly, really, all this talk of roping you and caging you. And, well, we don't need to go into details. The point is, this angry mob of all the trouble you're in, it can all go away. Really? Of course. All you have to do is admit to everyone that there are no little people living on that speck. That you were wrong and I was right. You do that and things can go right back to the way they were. But if you don't, you're going to have to pay the price. So I just have to say it isn't true. Hmm. Go ahead. Rope me. Cage me. Do whatever you want. But there are people on this speck, and they have a mayor who has 96 daughters and one son named Jojo, who all share a bathroom, whatever that is. (laughs) And even though you can't hear or see them at all, person's a person, no matter how small. That was beautiful, Horton. Rope him! Cage him! <laughs> burn that speck in a pot of boiling diesel! That oil!
Well, as you watch that movie, you realize he was opposed by many people, and certainly the kangaroo, who, quite frankly, wasn't too friendly. She reminded me of a Pharisee, actually, back in Jesus' day. But remember this, God's got us, but that doesn't mean that we won't have trouble in this world. As a matter of fact, he actually almost promises trouble in this world. We will. We live in a fallen, broken world where his message of love and hope and care is opposed by fallen angels. And that's a whole nother story, kids. Ask your dad to explain that one over lunch. Those opposing Horton are like evil opposing God and protecting his children. But Horton was willing to go to his death, he thought, to defend the Who's. And I don't know if you could hear it in there, but he said, I'll never give in. Thankfully for Disney and for the children watching this movie, that didn't actually have to happen to Horton. But it did happen to the Son of God, Jesus. He said the same thing. He said, I will go the distance. I will never give in. I will go to the cross so that you and I would never have the sin that we've committed and the good that we haven't done held against us. He would take all that punishment by himself on the cross so that we could have a relationship with God. He actually died for us. And I thought of it this way. It wasn't the mighty Romans or the disagreeing Jews. It was God who asked Jesus to die for the me's and you's. Yes, all of us who's. Would you pray with me? Oh, Father, on this Father's Day, as I think about the dads in my life, I realize I'm a blessed man. And I realize not everybody has that same feeling towards their father or fathers. So I pray that you move into their pain today and you move into everyone else's joy today and that you just be the father that we all need. You hold us in your hands. You love us. You care for us. And this funny, amazing little Disney movie helps us see because of an elephant and a mayor, the mayor of Whoville, that while people oppose you, God, and oppose us and our belief in you, God, and our desire to know you, God, that you're still the one that holds this blue planet in your hands and every creature on it, including us humans. So thank you for little things like speck, Thank you for Clover. And thank you for the tenacity and love that Horton showed in finding and caring for the people on the speck and for forgiving those that didn't believe it was true. And so we ask you today too, Father, to, to bless this day, bless all the dads and the granddads and stepdads and all the fathers. Give them a day to celebrate them and help us all to celebrate you. Thank you for your son who made that possible by going the distance, by saying he'll never give in, 
and taken the cross so that we could have life. In his name I pray, amen.